chair squeaking that's the new intro dance um of this podcast welcome back to previously gifted um today's episode is a little late and i apologize for that but let's not let's not focus on that i've got a couple things on the agenda today including way too many short movie reviews so just strap right in because we're talking about netflix we're talking about amazon prime Those are probably the only two ways that I watch movies, but we're going to be chatting, okay? I've been, I've been watching movies, okay? What else? I have uh, just one news kind of thing to address, and of course, my own personal ramblings. Hmm, what's that? (sighs) Somebody was driving by. I can hear it, that's the thing. When I am listening to myself as I record the podcast, I can hear everything. Like, if people were talking outside, I could hear the entire conversation. But then when I listen back, I don't think you guys can hear it as much. So that's good. Um, What else? Uh, Let's give a shout out to my patrons, and then we'll jump right the frick in. Once again, as always, every single minute of my life, I want to thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Of course, everyone who listens, I love you. Thank you for the support. Everyone who watches on YouTube, everyone who likes the video and leaves a comment, this is your cue. Actually, no. Wait until you actually have something, you know, to say and to leave a comment. That would be my ideal thing. But anyway, of course, the patrons, you know, they go a little bit above and beyond, you know? So, shouts out. We have a new patron named Lena Shawi. I had to Google how to pronounce that. Shawi? Shawi. I think that's it. It's a beautiful, beautiful name. So many vowels, you know? Shouts out, Lena. Thank you for becoming a patron. And as always, we have our sponsees. Shout out to Hannah Baker, Lauren Thomas, Kristen Ellert, Eric Courtright, Lily Dillon, Liz Walsh, and love you. <laughs> Shouts out. Love you. Right off the bat, I need to slow down my chatter because I lose my breath very quickly. We're trying to address it, you guys. I've got to figure out some way to get, I guess, in better shape and not be so out of breath. Because it's like, on a podcast, your only job is to, like, the noise gate's on. I'm going to shoot myself. Hold on. Okay, that's better. I think it adjusts everything when I do that. Anyway, the noise gate is something... (laughs) This is so irrelevant. The noise gate basically... If I turned it way up, it would cut out every single background noise, but then it makes the audio sound very clippy. Um, And, you know, you like to hear a little bit of ambient room noise, but um, I don't know why I even have it on, because I turn it down so much that it doesn't really do anything. Anyway, very interesting. Um, I was thinking about something. I feel like I have a capsule wardrobe but in the worst way, like the worst possible combination of clothing. Um, I was wearing this long sleeve gray thermal. Sorry, my chair's really squeaky today. What are you doing, chair? Um, I was wearing this long long sleeve gray thermal, and then I noticed that there were like not quite sweat stains, but like it was a darker gray, like like a heather gray. And I was just like, you know what, fine, I'll change. And then I went and looked at my shirt's drawer 
and I just have such a <laughs> terrible collection of shirts right now. Here's the thing. I have to continuously switch back and forth between um, the wardrobe that I keep wherever I am and the leftover clothing that I have to keep in my parents' house. So each time I do this little switch, I can only bring, well, it's like a giant suitcase. So I can bring a giant suitcase of clothing home and then take new stuff back. And um, <laughs> so this time I went home right before camp, pretty much. So I was thinking, okay, for camp, I wanted to pack a little, not lighter than my first year, but I wanted to pack better, apparently. Because um, for camp, you wear your staff shirt every day, and then the only time you really need other clothes are nights off or days off. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll bring a couple shirts, like some different kind of little things. Um, and then I brought a lot of dresses. I was like, oh, maybe I'll rock some dresses on my days off didn't really do that, so now I just brought a bunch of dresses that have been mostly unworn. Um, I love dresses, dude. Like, that might be one of the worst things about camp, is that I can't rock my super cute summer dresses. Like, a little sundress, a little breezy something. Like, if I could wear that, that would be so great. But instead, I'm supposed to wear a t-shirt all summer, and it makes me so sweaty, and it makes my arms break out from sweat rashes. So you're learning a lot about me. Um, anyway, uh, so I feel like I have a really bad capsule wardrobe because like the ideal capsule wardrobe for those of you who aren't familiar with minimalism is like, I think it's like 30 something items total. And it's supposed to be like to create the optimal, you know, amount of different outfits. And I don't think in terms of outfits. I'm like, oh, that's one shirt I like. I like that. I like these. I do not think about combinations, which is why I pack so badly for every trip I've ever gone on and every time that I'm moving across the country again. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> the shirts that I do have are similar to this one, um, which is an old pink Brandy Melville shirt that my friend sewed this picture of David Bowie's mugshot onto, um, which is a cool shirt. It's a shirt I love to rock. It's very comfy. I like it, but does it come in handy that often? Are there many situations where this is the ideal shirt? No. Um, I also have a Richie Rich graphic tee that is um, <laughs> a green ringer tee with a, a yellow neckline. Also, not really the most wearable. <laughs> In a capsule wardrobe, people are like, okay, you obviously want to stick to basics and neutrals so that, you know, things don't really clash with a lot of different things. My wardrobe is the opposite. Nothing goes well together. I have, like, three pairs of pants that I can wear. All the other ones, like, somehow I ended up with my um, brown corduroy high-waisted bell bottoms as one of the pairs of pants that I have currently. It's like, when the fuck can I wear those? Never. Um, but the real problem is I was short-sighted because I took everything home from our place in Long Island because I didn't think we'd be able to come back to it after camp. But it turns out we have uh, two extra months, month to month. 
So we'll have a place to stay before we go to England. But um, now our room is completely emptied out and we're going to go home soon. And the stuff that we have here at camp is the only stuff that we have other than everything that's back at home, like my parents' house. So (laughs) I was short-sighted because I thought this would work for camp. And honestly, this amount of clothing did work for camp because like I said, most of the time I was wearing a staff shirt or a staff hoodie, whatever. Um, And I didn't care about being an outfit repeater. But now I can't even create a real person functioning outfit. (laughs) And not to mention it's going to transition to fall weather and I don't think I'm prepared for that. So I really need to resist the urge to shop unless I'm thrift shopping or something. But I need to be mindful because I love grabbing a funky piece. Like I'm 10 times out of 10, I'm more likely to grab a funky piece. But then it's kind of screwing myself over in the long run. But this is the problem because I have this wardrobe and only this wardrobe to choose from until mid-October, right before we go to England. We'll be going to um, California and Arizona and I will have the chance to swap out my clothes again. (laughs) But then, I don't know, until then I can only keep wearing these things and I don't want to wear any of it. So I'm like, "Mm -hmm, all right. Even every time I have to film a video, I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to wear? Sorry I've been talking about this for so long. I really hope it's been intriguing. Um, But yeah, I'm very excited. Every time I get to go back and look through my clothes that I forgot about, I'm like, oh, how fun. Um, but it'll be really fun someday when I can have all of my own clothing at my own place. Uh, hopefully that day will come soon. Once we know if we're settled down in New York around January, that might be the time where I can finally bring all my own clothes home. But then I'm like, do I even want to do that? That's like a lot of clothes. (laughs) It's so much easier to leave it sitting in another few giant suitcases in my parents' garage rather than trying to bring all of those giant suitcases onto a plane and across the country. We'll see. (laughs) That's my adventure of dressing terribly and making bad fashion decisions. Okay, let's get into these movies, all right? (sighs) There's like a lot of them. Let me tell you a story. Last weekend, I finally did some work. Shocking, I know. Um... (laughs) So we call this season post-camp, which is after camp at a summer camp. It's very common to host events, weddings, other like mini camps, like band camps and all that jazz. (laughs) All that jazz. Um, (laughs) So last weekend there was a wedding and it's, it's common for there to be weddings on the weekends, but whatever. You need someone at the security gate to check people in. And last weekend... That was my job. The way that Nathan approached me about this was really funny because he came up to me and he's like, hey, we need somebody to work Friday and Saturday. Um, There are long days and I didn't think you'd be interested, but I just thought I'd ask. And I was like, oh, what are the hours? He's like, oh, it's about six, seven hours this day. And then the next day is like a nine hour day in which you're just sitting at the gate all day just waiting for people to come and checking them in on an iPad and I was like because mm, I really don't like working long days people um my ideal work day is like six hours after that I'm dead but I was like you know how hard could it be sitting and waiting so many of those hours nobody comes by or one person comes by like one car I was like you know what I should do this I should make that coin um especially because 
for the next however many months, I'm not gonna have like a regular job. So YouTube is my only job and I need to take up these side hustles, dude. Get that coin when you can. So uh, I accepted and last weekend I worked, I was like something around 16 hours between the two days. Um, but I basically set up shop in a golf cart just so that I could like sit because there's like a little guard booth, but I didn't want to be in there because it's tiny. It's like the size of like a like a bathroom. Um, and it's hard for, to talk to people through the little window. So I was just sitting out in the open, enjoying the weather, sitting on my golf cart. And I downloaded a bunch of movies on Netflix on my phone. And I was just chilling. <laughs> so I watched so many movies. And it was funny because... Um, I kept making jokes. I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just like work security next summer. Like found my new job at camp. And Nathan's like, do you really want to do security next year? And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> I was like, this may be a nice gig for like two days at a time a couple times. But like if I had to sit here for hours and hours and do next to nothing like for a whole summer, I don't think that'd be good for me, you know? Um, but I also was kind of insulted because... <laughs> A couple people were like, wow, Tiffany, this is like the best job for you. And I was like, am I that useless? <laughs> Obviously, no tea, no shade to the security guards. Because like, you know, some of our guards are armed, you know, during the summer, actually. Like, they're proper guards. I was not a guard. I was a girl sitting on a golf cart watching movies and checking you in with an iPad. Um, but... Like, the fact that, oh, Tiffany's sitting and watching a movie and doing very minimal work is her ideal job. Um, I don't know. It's just a little, a little insulting. I'm like, what? Am I not more important where I should be given more responsibilities? But on the other hand, I'm like, you know what? It was easy and it, it was very, very easy money. And I would do it again. It's possible I may have to do it again this weekend because there's another wedding. So should I make that coin? Please leave a comment down below if you think I should do it. And also what movies on Netflix or shows do you think I should watch? Because I'm down, I'm freaking down. Okay, so with enough um, chatter, <laughs> here are the movies that I've watched since the last podcast. Blockers, The Kissing Booth, Happy Anniversary, Leap Year, The Spectacular Now, and Amy. That's like quite a variety. Well, not really. Um, let's just get it. Let's get it popping, okay? Let's go. <laughs> blockers, cock blockers. Uh, that's the movie about the parents. I think I'm pretty sure it's a Judd Apatow movie because um, it's got his wife. What's her name? Why am I blanking on her name right now? I love her. Um, she's great. <laughs> John Cena and uh, what's his name? Ike Barinholtz? Ike Baird. I don't know. Great. I have no memory. Um, blockers. I, I had been wanting to watch that for a while because at night sometimes all of us, all the boys um, and I get together and sometimes we'll watch a show or we'll watch movies, you know, before we all retire. And um, for a while I was like, you know what? Let's watch Blockers. I've heard it was pretty funny. People are like, eh, not really into that kind of humor. It's like a dumb movie. And I'm like, okay, first of all, everyone loves a good dumb movie, you know? Like, if the comedy is just dumb enough, like, it's such an easy watch, you know? Like, you're tired at the end of the day. You don't want, like, the Shawshank Redemption, you know? You want something easy, okay? 
Um, so finally, Nathan and I alone watched Blockers, and I really enjoyed it. There were some parts where I was like genuinely laughing very hard. Um, so Blockers, great comedy. Anyway, it's it's about um, parents who find out that their teenage daughters are planning to lose their virginities on prom night. So you know what kind of chaos would ensue. <laughs> Hilarity ensues, you know? The next movie, The Kissing Booth. Well, actually, what order did I watch this in? I watched Happy Anniversary first. Okay. I don't know when Happy Anniversary came out, but it's a movie starring Noelle Wells, who was on SNL a couple years back. And then, what's his name? John Ralphio. <laughs> I don't know his actual name. Um, but it's, you know, just, I wouldn't even call it a romantic comedy. Um, it's like a dark romantic comedy. But basically, it is their three-year anniversary. And for some reason, they decide to make that the day to discuss whether or not they should stay in the relationship. So the movie goes and it's all mostly a bunch of flashbacks about their relationship and whether they were really good for each other or not. You know, should they break up or should they get married? That's basically the conflict. Um, I have just been in the mood for, like, simple-ish romantic comedy type movies lately just because I'm like... I love it, it makes you feel something, but not too much, you know? You feel a little, oh, or you feel a little sad. Um, you get to watch the love or the heartbreak, but it's not too complicated. Like, you don't leave those movies feeling a lot. You're just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so yeah, happy anniversary. Um, would I recommend it? Yeah, if you're in a similar situation in what I was, if you're sitting at a security booth on a golf cart, and you have to download some movies, yeah, sure, watch it. <laughs> the next movie is The Kissing Booth. Everybody's been talking about it. Actually, not so much, but um, The Kissing Booth, I think, came out a little bit before To All the Boys I've Loved Before, but um, so I had heard, I had seen on Twitter, <laughs> that's where I get all my information, that people were like, ooh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before is even better than The Kissing Booth. So I watched To All the Boys I Loved Before first, and I talked about that last week, so if you want to hear about it, you're gonna have to watch last week's episode. Um, so then I was like, okay, I'll watch The Kithing, the kithing Booth. Nice. Um, I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm scarred now, I don't want to say that ever again. I'll watch The Kissing Booth. My mouth just doesn't like speaking, it's fine. It's a great time to have a podcast, you know? Uh, so just off of, like, the description and, like, you know, the Netflix preview of The Kissing Booth, I was like, mm, this is not a good movie. Like, okay, there are two levels. There's To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is, like, a very high quality, I'd say, you know, young adult teen movie. Because um, it's not too typical and played out, even though it is, you know, because they all are. Oh, high school love drama. I'm going to a party with my boyfriend and I'm drinking beer. Well, you know, classic. Um, that did happen in both movies. Yes, it did. So, <laughs> God damn it. These actually do kind of have similar plots. So the kissing booth is about this girl. Oh, I forgot her name. But um, she has a best friend named Lee. And then 
she has a crush on Lee, her best friend boy's older brother, whose name is Noah Flynn. Wow, he's the big hunky football player who's literally like six foot five and fucking meaty. And of course, like, yeah, he's a senior in high school. I believe it. Um, <laughs> so there's, uh, I don't know how much of this is revealed, but spoiler alert for the kissing booth, uh, they end up, you know, having a thing and, you know, you're, sp- you know it. So whatever. It's not a spoiler, but kind of that idea of like the, it's such a classic thing, actually, the kind of nerdy ish, like unknown girl, like in, in the kissing booth, she was never known until she comes back to school her junior year. And suddenly she grew boobs and curves and she shows up to school in a tiny, 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 tiny mini skirt. Cause her, her school pants ripped, you know, love that. But anyway, there's always the concept of the the girl who was never noticed, and then suddenly she's seen with the popular guy, and suddenly everyone realizes she's been beautiful this whole time, and she has a great personality. It's so classic. It's 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 literally that, like, take off your glasses and pull your hair out of the ponytail. Oh my god, she's hot! Not another teen movie, all that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the kissing booth, Noah Flynn, you know, the major love interest guy, didn't really care for him, like, I don't know, um, his personality, I love when the movie is just so much about, like, oh, she just loves him, that they don't even really bother, like, going into, like, why he is a good person, um, another thing about these movies is somehow everybody, this happened in Blockers, too, in Blockers, spoiler alert, one of the girls gets into UCLA, and she's from, like, across the country, so it's like, what? Um, and then in in the kissing booth, one of the people gets into an Ivy League school. And I just love how casually and how easily, like, how common it is to get into these, like, top, top schools. Like, they never talk about going to your local state school. It's always like, oh, you got into the Ivy League school? Wow. It's like, you're a football player. How did you do that? Or, like, I don't know. <laughs> They're all very similar. But anyway, um, Noah Flynn reminded me of Jeremy Gilbert from The Vampire Diaries mixed with some kind of member from Big Time Rush. So if you get those two references, you're probably also a teenage or young female girl. <laughs> but Or maybe you're just somebody who's into Big Time Rush. Maybe you like a throwback to old Nickelodeon. Yeah, that was Nickelodeon. Or Vampire Diaries, dude. Vampire Diaries is a lit show, okay? I enjoyed it. All right, that's enough for The Kissing Booth. Would I watch it again? Absolutely not. Should you watch it? Only if you're desperate and you're really in the mood for something so cheesy and so stupid that you'd probably be embarrassed to tell people that you've watched. Okay, moving on. Leap Year. This is like an old-ish movie. Not like old, but I think it might be like at least like 10 years old. Let's Google it. (sighs) Leap Year movie. Thank you. It's like Google's Leap Year and obviously everything comes up explaining what Leap Year is. Oh, it came out in 2010. Yeah. Okay. Leap Year. Anna Brady plans to travel to Dublin, Ireland to propose marriage to her boyfriend Jeremy on Leap Day because, according to Irish tradition, a man who receives a marriage proposal on Leap Day must accept? Oh, I didn't even know that in the freaking... Wow. I didn't even know that. (laughs) 
he must accept. That's actually bullshit. I, I didn't really think that they explained that in the movie. So the, the lead girl is Amy Adams. Love her. What a queen. Um, her boyfriend is Adam Scott. And then she ends up meeting some guy in Ireland. Uh, but I didn't know that. Okay, so the whole, yeah, the whole gimmick is like, he hasn't proposed yet, but they're getting an apartment together. And they're both really wealthy and like doing well. So, like, why don't they just get married? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and, of course, the classic thing happens where she thinks he's going to... Sorry, spoiler alert. I'm probably ruining most of the movie every time I explain them here. But I have to. That's how you get the real meat. I can't, like, analyze a movie trailer. I have to tell you the details. So, um, <laughs> they go to dinner and he's like, I have something special for you. And he pulls out a box and she opens it and it's earrings, you know, classic. She's like, I thought he was going to propose, but he gave me earrings. Blah. Um, So then she decides to be super romantic and fly to Ireland and force him to marry her, which this really only works if he knows about this tradition, which he probably doesn't because she just heard about it or just remembered it. Um, Can you imagine like people standing around? She proposes to him and he's like, what? Why are you proposing to me, honey? This is so embarrassing. And then everyone's like, it's leap day. You have to accept. He said yes. And he's like, I didn't say yes. And they're like, congratulations. Yeah, are you Catholic now? I mean, I assume that's how it would go in Ireland, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, was it a good movie? <sighs> no. Um, I'm just going to spoil it for you. Sorry. Uh, if you don't want it spoiled, skip ahead. So she ends up meeting this dude because she, every possible thing goes wrong. It's freaking Murphy's Law. So like, you know, the plane lands somewhere random and then she has to take a boat to some random place, which is called Dingle, Ireland. And then from there, she's trying to get to Dublin. She goes into this pub, which is also the um, inn, which is also where the taxi driver works, of course, all in one. And this guy is like a handsome Irish dude. And he's like, I'll drive you. And, you know, of course, the car breaks down. Of course. They get stuff stuck in storms. Of course. Um, <laughs> but, like, I'm gonna spoil it. Here we go. At the end of the movie, of course, they all get to Dublin. The guy takes her all the way there, even though they kind of, like, argue, her and the Irish dude. Like, they annoy each other, but then there's, like, something intriguing. Um, and the whole time, she's just kind of thinking about marriage and thinking about her boyfriend, and she's like, why didn't he propose to me? I don't know. I'm kind of troubled by this. But I'm gonna marry him because we're meant to be, and he bought me a Louis Vuitton suitcase. Um, so... The guy clearly starts to care about her and she cares about him, but she's like, I'm still going to Dublin, blah. And they never really talk about it, but they do kiss. And I'm like, so you cheated on your boyfriend and you're still gonna go propose? Whatever, it's fine. Um, it's not fine, but whatever, we'll continue. So they get to Dublin and the guy's like, wow, she's really gonna marry him. And then they all reunite in the, in the lobby and Adam Scott's like, hey, thanks for getting my girl here, bye. And then, um, does he propose? He proposes. Adam Scott proposes to her. And she's like, ah, um, in front of the other dude and a bunch of other people in the hotel. And she's like, well, yes, yes. Even though you could see the regret on her face or the doubt, you know? And then at the end of the movie, you find out that, okay, this apartment that they were trying to apply to get together, 
um, apparently in this beautiful apartment and they're in Boston or something and she doesn't have even a bit of a Boston accent, which kind of pissed me off because I would have loved to hear Amy Adams do a Boston accent, like a really heavy one, and then that combined with the dude doing his Irish accent, I think it would have been a great mix. They totally missed out there. Um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we got Amy Adams, but... She can't do a Boston accent. We're like, hmm, should we move the city to New York? No, we really want to stick with Boston. They're like, well, maybe she maybe she moved there, you know, when she was young, but like never picked up the accent. Yeah, okay, we can go with that. Whatever. It's Amy Adams. Let's keep her. Um, <laughs> anyway, so you find out that freaking bitch-ass Adam Scott, which usually love him, but this character obviously sucks. He's meant to suck. Um, he was like, he explained this to everyone. It was really embarrassing. They were having like a, an engagement party with all their friends and they're like, so how did it happen? And he's like, well, I had heard that the people who own this apartment building really prefer married couples. So I just thought, you know, if, if I guess we should get married, we'll do it now. And Amy Adams is like, oh, cool. So you only wanted to marry me now that it was convenient timing for you because you wanted to get this apartment bye bitch and then she leaves and she goes back to ireland of course and she shows up and she throws her heart out there for the irish dude and he kind of shoots her down and then she's like oh my god and then she's standing on a hill and he comes out to her and she's like why did you leave me and he's like i had to get something and then he got uh, the old ring that he that was his family's ring and he proposed to his last girl with it and she took it and whatever so happily ever after right what a shitty movie i it literally ended and i was like i don't care about the connection between these two sorry the movie stopped recording i'm so and i say movie every time because my camera says movie recording has been stopped i'm gonna pause it and then we'll continue chatting about more movies hope you guys have enjoyed it (laughs) stay here and we're back to break up these short movie reviews or not so short honestly i have no idea how much time has passed um i'm gonna talk about the one news story that i wanted to share um i had seen something about uh intersex rights recently i feel like it was like regarding germany and then like, very soon after, I saw intersex um, rights in California, so then I really checked it out to see what it's all about. Um, Intersex surgery for children has been condemned in California, which doesn't mean that it is banned, but um, it is major for, you know, the legislature to make a move that you know, directs everyone, hopefully doctors, parents in the right direction. So in case you are unaware of what intersex is, I've got a little screenshot um, definition that can help me describe it much better than my mind can. Um, I had first heard about intersex during AP Psych back in high school, um, and I was surprised that before then I had never heard about it. What is intersex? An estimated 1.7% of people are born with bodies that do not fit into the typical medical categories of either male or female. Intersex is a term that describes a range of variations to sex characteristics, such as chromosomes, genitalia, and hormones that occur naturally. 
Um, some intersex traits become apparent at birth or during puberty, while others can only be determined through genetic testing. So intersex is, is very interesting, um, I guess, especially with obviously all of the discussions that are finally being had or started, at least, about sex and gender expression of course, um, transgender rights, all of that. It's all related. It's under the same bubble. But intersex is different in that it's a pretty unique um, condition. And what I had read actually uh, about Germany was that Germany decided, or the um, it hasn't been like fully approved, but it's been passed through one of their um, one of their bodies. That makes no sense. Um, uh, Germany is trying to create basically a third gender um, for official, like, government documents. So people such as people who are intersex or anyone else who wants to not identify as male or female can choose to identify as the third gender. I don't know what they said they were going to call it. Diverse or something? which is an interesting choice. But again, it's it's always hard to, you know, decide what that new label should be because everyone always disagrees over labels. Um, but yeah, even I think in Germany, non-binary people can choose to take on that, you know, label. This is for official government documents. So I don't know, imagine your passport or something. Um, of course, there's like a huge discussion to be had about all of that anyway, but it's just, it's good to see it in the news. It's good to see people um, discussing it and supporting it. And it's definitely good to see um, legislative bodies, you know, passing, sorry, <laughs> passing these ideas forward. And hopefully they will become law in either condemning or banning um, these surgeries. So basically, um, if... You know, a baby is born intersex. Since about the 50s, the norm has just been to decide or correct, in quotations, um, correct them um, surgically and pick a gender, basically. Um, so obviously, that can be extremely traumatic because often, or, you know, even even once in a while, you know, you can't, you can't pick from a newborn baby how that baby will be, you know, how, how they'll want to express themselves. I'm really not eloquent right now, so I apologize. Um, I haven't, like, talked about gender or sexuality issues in a while. Um, but it's just, it's a great thing to, to minimize these surgeries because it's best to just leave it, leave, leave it. Just leave the people as they were born to be able to grow and live their lives normally and know that once they are adults or once once they're old enough to make an informed decision on their own and with their families or doctors, um, let them make the decision when the time comes rather than just making that hasty decision. Um, because, I mean, the argument and why corrective, so-called corrective surgeries had been done in the past and still are done today, is that it would make their lives easier if you just pick one gender over the other, one sex over the other. Um, but really that's not the case because so, so often um, parents have picked wrong 
and the child grows up and then they, I guess technically it would be transgender at that point, you know? It's very complicated. Um, But then it's also not that complicated, you know? (laughs) I don't know if I have the energy to get fully into this, but I I was just glad to see that and I thought... It's been a while since I have, you know, discussed um, any kind of, like, news or current events on the podcast, and I always do want to be able to incorporate something, you know, current into the pod. So if you guys ever see any interesting articles or anything, feel free to tweet them at me, because I'm always down, and I love uh, spending a good amount of time reading something and thinking it over, and hopefully I can come onto the podcast and sound a little bit more knowledgeable than I just did. Um, But yeah, that's your little break from movie reviews. (laughs) Um, Back to, back to the meat of the podcast episode. Um, I have two more movies, The Spectacular Now and Amy. Let's talk about The Spectacular Now. Um, What are these people's names? Taryn, Taryn Egert? (laughs) Is that right? and uh, Shailene Woodley. I'm truly blanking on all these names. Um, they've been in a lot of movies together. So why don't I just use, I, I literally have the entire internet at my disposal and I'm like sitting here like not being able to think of anything. Google will tell me everything in a better way than I can think of it, right? Um, okay. The Spectacular Now is a 2013 U.S. coming-of-age romantic comedy drama. Ooh, I love that. I love a good coming-of-age romantic comedy drama. A coming-of-age romantic comedy drama. Love that. (laughs) Um, oh, never mind. I don't know who I was thinking of. Taron, Taron Egerton. Egerton is his name. Different person. Very different person. No, I'm thinking of Miles Teller. Okay, sorry. Corrected. And Shailene Woodley. Um, It is an adaptation of a novel from 2008 of the same name. Premiered at Sundance. Um, And it really didn't make that much money. But I remember people talking about this movie a little bit, at least. Because Shailene Woodley, she's she's always a trendy gal. I do like her work. Um, She's very cool, I think, as a person. She's an activist. She's very vocal, um, but I also do love her performances, and I think she's she's just very sweet, you know? Her characters are always very soft-spoken, because that's kind of how she is. Or not always. Sometimes she's like a badass action hero, like Divergent, which I didn't really watch that whole series. I don't know. Um, also, Brie Larson is in this movie, and she is Miles Teller's character's girlfriend originally, which is weird, because I'm like, I feel like they're all different ages or I feel like Brie Larson is like at least a little bit older than they are I'm gonna look it up right now you just wait (sighs) Miles Teller is 31 but this movie was made 10 years ago no it wasn't it was made in 2013 I don't know why 2008 was the book so not that long ago five years ago so he's 31 very cool Shailene Woodley is 26. All right, yeah, she's pretty young. And then Brie Larson. Brie Larson, age. Google doesn't tell you your age unless you specifically look it up. She's 28. Okay, so she's, yeah, all right. Actually, wow, that's not even that far off. I thought that she would be older than 
the other two. Very interesting, Tiffany. Um, anyway, The Spectacular Now is our coming-of-age romantic comedy drama. Um, basically, oh, his name's Sutter Keeley. Is that not the most classic coming-of-age romantic comedy drama name of a boy? Sutter Keeley. Sutter Keeley is a charming and popular 18-year-old who is partying and drinking his way through his senior year in high school. Um, so Brie Larson breaks up with him, and then, uh, <laughs> he's, like, a big drinker, which is, like, hmm, because I, I know, obviously, 18-year-olds can get access to alcohol, but, like, he literally always has a flask, and he's just, like, sipping all the time. He's sipping at work, he's sipping at school, he's sipping while he's driving. I'm, like, excuse me, someone call the police, please. I don't understand, like, however charming and popular he is, he should not be drinking this much and definitely shouldn't be driving. Um, so he meets, okay, he goes drinking and he passes out on a lawn and Amy Finicky, is that not also the most coming of age romantic comedy drama name? Sutter Keeley and Amy Finicky. Though actually, I know someone whose name is similar to that. Um, Amy Finicky. <laughs> Uh, so they're in the same year and then they start bonding and, you know, they, they fall for each other. And <sighs> Amy Finicky is like a really smart, good girl, you know, um, all she does is work and do her homework and study and she starts to like tutor him in geometry cause he's a senior who can't figure it out, which, okay, it's fine. Some people aren't good at math, but like, come on, dude, try a little harder. Um, so she's like... I've never been drunk before. I've never had a boyfriend. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you the world. So he ends up like gifting her a flask and they just start like drinking a lot together, which again, yeah, I get it. Teens, they love to drink, um, underage drinking, but like, I don't know very many 18 year olds or like people in high school who would carry around a flask. Maybe I just didn't see it, but, um, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I'm going to spoil um, the end of the movie. So, <laughs> so uh, it's just not good. It's just not good. Uh, they get in an argument on the way home because Sutter went to visit his deadbeat dad. Is that an offensive thing to say? No, his dad left him. He's a shitty dude. They go to go visit him and then his dad's like, um, I'm gonna go home with this girl. Can I meet you back home in, like, an hour? And then he doesn't show up. It's like, Dad, like, how dare you? But also, this makes so much sense based on your past. Um, so anyway, they're driving home. He's drunk. He's drunk and driving. And, of course, um, it's dangerous. They pull over, and then he kicks her out of the car. She gets out, and she gets hit by a car. Oh, my God. So... She, he goes to see her in the hospital, and she's like, hi. Um, <laughs> and she's, like, still nice to him and, like, not mad at all. I'd be like, dude, you're such a fuck-up. Like, you come on, you can only feel so sorry for yourself until you realize you're the one causing your own mistakes. Stop drinking so much, dude. Get your shit together. Um, but no, like, she still, like, likes him and wants to be with him, and she wants to move to Philadelphia with him. She literally was like, I've got a plan. We could live here. We could do this. We can get jobs. We, you can go to school. And, like, she's so sweet about it, but, like, he's just such a... He's just not... He's not at this point where he's ready to do anything. So, um... So, he bails on her. She goes to Philadelphia alone, and then 
he, you know, realizes the mistake he's made, I guess. Is that what happened? I literally, after, after she was fine with him drunk driving, I was like, dude, girl, you're smart. It doesn't matter how cool a guy is. I would not be down to be driving around with a guy who's drinking, who's 18. Like, dude, even if you don't kill us, which is likely, or kill somebody else, um, if you get caught with any level of alcohol in your system as an 18-year-old, dude, you're, you're fucked. So, like, I'm not down. But anyway, um, so, does he show up? Yeah, he, he ends up going to Philadelphia, finding Amy, and that's the end of the movie. And it's like, girl, you truly can do better. That's the thing. He's like, he's like, I'm not going to go to Philadelphia with her because I need to save her from me. She'll be better off without me. And like... Then he ends up showing up there anyway. And I'm just like, hmm, okay. Interesting. This one, I was just like, I was like, I'm not like super into this movie, you know? It just, it wasn't that great. So if you haven't seen it, sorry for ruining it. Um, but also if you have, I'm sure you know, it's not that great. I don't even think it was like that deep. Because you know, it's an indie movie, Sundance, all that. But like, it wasn't intriguing. And again, I watched it because I was sitting at a booth for hours and I had so much time on my hands. It just didn't matter. Um, the last movie I watched is Amy, the Amy Winehouse documentary. That had been on my radar for a while. I had heard really good things about it. Um, I never really was a huge fan of Amy Winehouse. Of course, I like was a fan of her most popular songs that I knew, but I never like went out of my way to listen to her music. Um, but of course, I was like, you know, um, I didn't want to just say I was shook. I was shook when she passed away because that's disrespectful. Um, <laughs> no, but like, of course, it was it's it's always shocking when a really, really, really talented person passes away, especially from some kind of a drug um, or alcohol like addiction, overdose, any of that. Um so yeah, I mean, the whole world was shocked when she died because she wasn't that old and um, it was just very tragic. Like, that is the epitome of a tragic loss of an artist. Um, but the movie really made me appreciate her so much more. Um, and I think it was very successful in really, you know, letting her be seen as like a sweeter, kind of just more innocent person. Obviously, she wasn't innocent in terms of like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but, like, she was just so sweet, and she was so pure about, you know, caring about the music, um, and obviously she's insanely talented, so I really enjoyed that. It kind of, it went on for a long time, the documentary, um, and I almost, I mean, I don't know, I was just, like, obviously you know the end, but I, I didn't know if, like, how much of the, of the documentary was gonna, you know, continue after her passing, I didn't know if they were going to include that or if her passing away was going to be like the end of the documentary. Um, so I was like, I just don't know what to expect. And again, I was getting distracted because I was sitting out in the cold um, and I'd been sitting out at that gate all damn day already. And I was like, okay, I want this movie to be over <laughs> and I want to leave this gate because I'm over it. So anyway, um, yeah, that was that was a good movie. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking for new Netflix recommendations. So if you guys can let me know what else is uh, worth watching, 
I'm down. Maybe I should. I kind of am interested in uh, watching Shameless again. People always say that I look like Mandy from Shameless. Let's look it up. I've looked her up before. And I've watched a bit of Shameless. I've at least watched like a few seasons of it. I got into it at some point in like the last year. Um, yeah, if I had dark hair and I were like kind of more evil, then I guess I would look like Mandy. Um, <laughs> the Emma Greenwell version. They did have an actress change for Mandy. But anyway, um, on Twitter today, the news came out that um, I'm an idiot. I'm like, I don't know her name. She left Shameless. Um, it was just trending. Emmy Rossum announces she is leaving Shameless and people are shook, shook. That's like the laziest word to use. I'm shook. They were shook. We were shook. But like sometimes it is just the right word, you know? Um, so anyway, maybe I should re, you know, start Shameless because I did enjoy it. Um, sometimes though, shows with like that much drama, even though it is a comedy, um, sometimes it's just like too real for me. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed for these characters. Um, but I think I should give it another chance because I've heard such good things about it and I did enjoy it. You know, when you just start binge watching a show suddenly, but then just as suddenly you just stop watching it in the middle of something, like something comes up it interrupts your marathon or you just like watch something else, but then you never return to it. That's how I feel about Shameless. So maybe I should just, uh, Maybe I should restart. Maybe I should go back. Let me know if I should. All right. I think I'm winding down. There's not much more for me to say. Um, but thank you guys. Again, please always reach out if you ever have topics or things that you want me to talk about, particularly if they're not about me. I'm trying to get away from talking about myself too much if possible, <laughs> says the YouTuber and podcast host. Um... Oh yeah, I wanted to give a little podcast recommendation for those of you who watch the YouTube, which is all of you. Um, I want to give a shout out to Catherine Berry's podcast, which is called In Line with a Mary Berry. If you look it up, it's on like all the podcast apps. Um, I just drove two hours the other day, round trip. Um, just for Starbucks and Chipotle, because obviously where we are at camp is in a rural area and you have to drive so far to get to, you know, a proper city that has Starbucks and Chipotle. It was so worth it, but I like, I miss it so much already. I'm really sad because I wish I could have more right now. We did go grocery shopping today though, so I have some food. But anyway, um, Catherine has a YouTube channel called Catherine Out, and she also has a vlog channel called Catherine Outings. Um, and Catherine listens to my podcast, so shouts out, Catherine. Um, but yeah, I, I spent the whole first hour listening to, they only have three episodes so far, I think, because it's a new podcast. It's her and her friend, um, Sarah, I believe. But um, <laughs> I spent the first hour listening to one episode and I intended to listen to another podcast on the way back, but then I just listened to more of theirs because it was just like, it kept me occupied um, because their podcast is, basically the concept is like, these are the things you would overhear them talking about if you were like in line near them. Like if you were at Disneyland, you would hear them talking about these things. Um, but most of it is about kind of social media, culture, a lot of it is, dating, I don't know. 
so far, but um, they base a lot of their discussions off of Twitter polls. So they'll put a poll up on Twitter, some kind of unpopular opinion or just a question, um, and then they'll discuss based on what the results are. And I just really liked it because it made me think about it made me think about a lot of things. One of the things that I was thinking about was um, one of their polls was, what do you do when you break up with someone? Do you delete all the pictures that you have of them, like on Instagram? Do you um, delete or archive? Do you just keep them up or do you change the captions? And I was like, hmm, because like me personally, um, I feel like a very strong connection to photos and kind of keeping memories. And I know like some people are are of the group where if you break up with someone, like you're fine kind of cutting them out of your life. But I'm not really like, I don't want those pictures so much on display. And I wouldn't want people like going back and necessarily looking at them, but it would feel too harsh to me to like delete every like trace of someone who was in my life for a period of time. You know, but then I get it, like, you know, especially when you move on and you're seeing someone new, or even if you're just dating, like, if someone goes to your Instagram and immediately they see, like, two years worth of pictures with you and your ex, it's just a little off-putting, or it can be, I don't know. Um, but everybody has a different perspective on that question. So, um, I don't remember what I voted, because I did vote in Catherine's Twitter poll about it, but, um... I think, well, I guess I'm on the I'm on the archiving side, which is weird because it's like, hi. I'm so sorry. I thought you were done. No, it's okay. We love you. I love you too. Wine and cheese. Wine and cheese right now? You don't worry about it. You're busy. Yeah, I'm going to eat a bagel. It's, it's a short one. It's Chinese for lunch, so it's rice and noodles. <sighs> Hell yeah. Love you. Love you. Nathan got his feature on the podcast. Um... Yeah, I, I, I think I'm on the archiving train. Um, I've also, I've recently started to archive just lots of pictures on my Instagram because my Instagram is so ugly that um, it's just, I'm trying to make it look better, but I think I'm just making it worse. Like the more I care about my Instagram, the worse it gets. So I'm just trying to like figure out what to do. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Something about deleting feels very harsh to me, but then it's like, what's the point of me archiving something? Like, it's not, like, I'm definitely not going to go back and, like, put it back up ever if it's, like, pictures of exes or something. But, like, what is the point of me keeping them in the archive just in case I want to go back and look at those pics? Like, also, um, I read something recently that was, like, I don't know what it was. It may have literally just been a tweet or it could have been, like, an article. But it was, like, should we, like, are we allowed to just accept that, like, there are good memories with people who may not be in our lives anymore. Like, why can't you just look back on something and be like, oh, that was a good memory, rather than being like, oh, that's a memory with my ex, delete, you know? So it's like, oh, if you went on a vacation with your ex, like, you can think back and realize those are fond memories and enjoy that, but, like, just because it's your ex doesn't mean you have to, like, never think about that again, you know? Can you imagine? I mean, I don't know. I think it's good to separate things and, like, kind of compartmentalize things in your mind, I guess. Whatever makes you feel good, honestly. But, like, yeah, like, I'm not going to create mental barriers and be like, oh, I refuse to think about anything that involves an ex. Because, honestly, that'd be deleting so many years of my life. (laughs) Like, if you can only ever think about and enjoy something that that includes people who are currently involved in your life, and that's not even just exes. That could be, like, old friends 
whoever, like an old place that you lived or worked at. Like if you just cut all these memories out or try to like not think about them, I don't know. That's just not my thing. But anyway, I do, I do agree that it's, it's strange, (laughs) like to be able to go back and like if I kept all my pictures up, which for the most part, they still are up. I mean, because they're so far back, a lot of them, that, like, I don't feel like they're, like, in your face. But if someone did want to go back and, like, see pictures of me and people that aren't in my life anymore, really, um, they could. (laughs) But it's, like, I don't know. I'm kind of of the vein where I'm, like, that's my life. I'm not deleting it because that's just part of me and that's part of my history. But then I do understand, like, the social, not, not so much pressure of it, but, like, I don't know, just... It is strange because so many people are like, oh, if, if something's on your social media, you're putting it out there intentionally and you're keeping it up there intentionally. But it's like, mm, more so, it's like, I'm not really of the deleting mindset. Like, I don't tend to delete things if they don't do well enough, like don't get enough likes. I'm just like, oh, I'll keep it up. But that's just me. I don't know. Some people are like, oh, this picture didn't get enough likes in an hour. I'm deleting it. Um, this person's out of my life. I'm deleting every trace of them. Anyway, see, I'm like, I felt so engaged with, in line with a Mary Berry. Um, You can spell that, a Mary as in A-M-E-R-I, Berry, a Mary Berry, it's a blend of their names. Um, I felt so engaged because the discussions that they're having, they may be simple and some of the issues may be a little trivial. Like, you know, should you delete pictures of your ex on your Instagram? Whatever. Um, but I like I like having those kind of discussions to listen to, especially between two people, um, which is why I, I want to have more guests on my podcast soon, because obviously it's nice to have like a full conversation once in a while and not just a one-sided discussion. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a new podcast, you should definitely check them out. And that is all. What are you coming in looking for? My keys. My beer opener. Love it. It's wine and cheese hour, which is a tradition that that the guys have, which I have been a part of this summer, because I'm here, uh, where you have wine and cheese, which also includes beer and crackers and um, other little snacks. But mostly I just go out there and I'm like, okay, I'm either going to drink some wine or a beer or just drink water because I need to. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. Wow, we reached about 58 minutes. Here we go. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Um, And that's all. I almost just said keep it previously gifted, but that's not, that's not my outro. Okay, thanks. Bye.